Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome to the March 28th edition of the Habs 360 podcast. I'm your host, Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980 and we're with you here to bring you another edition of the Habs 360 podcast, which is the most informative and most interactive podcast that you will be able to find anywhere. We're going to look ahead to tonight's game between the Montreal Canadiens and the Florida Panthers, which begins at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, a game that could be seen coast-to-coast in English on uh, City TV with uh, Dave Randorf on the call and on French could be seen on uh, TVA Sports. In terms of the lineup change compared to Thursday night's game against the Winnipeg Jets, Carey Price will be in goal instead of Dustin Tokarski. What a surprise. No, it's not a surprise at all. And uh, in up front... Devante Smith-Pelly is out of the lineup, a healthy scratch, and he'll be replaced by Brian Flynn. So we're going to talk about that later on today's episode when we tee up the game between the Canadians and the Florida Panthers. 
My co-host for today's episode, Twitter handle is at Peter Galanos. Peter G, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Chris. Thanks for having me. No problem. So let's get it started. Canadians played three games last week. Trying to get the puck to the net again. They're boxed out by the Canadians, who are four on two through center. Placanic, Galchenyuk to the front of the net. And that was Thomas Plekanec, who scored his 22nd goal of the season. He also picked up an assist in that game to give the Canadians a 2-0 win over the San Jose Sharks. And Peter Thomas Plekanec, it's his eighth 20-goal season in the, in in his last nine. And in in uh, in that breakdown, I also include the lockout season because if you'd prorate it, he would have gone over the uh, the 20 goals. And well, it's another. He's very quiet, but another good season for uh, for Thomas Plekanec. Yeah, and as much as uh, you know, he's been a very consistent player for the the Habs. Uh, he's never been the ideal number one center that uh, this team uh, or its fans have wanted, but because of his size. But I mean, he's one of the best two way centers uh, in the NHL. He has been for a few years, and. Uh, you know his contribution has been great. Uh, I think uh, I think his most dominant year was the year he was with on the regular line with Kovalev and Kostitsin. That was like a great season for him, and uh, you know he just keeps going, and he's one of the leaders of this team. And uh, this is you know he. It's too bad that the Habs don't have. A number one center ahead of him to support him uh, better, and uh, you know, no, no disrespect to David Dehaneler, but uh, I think if Plekanec had a better uh, centerman to help him out uh, on the other line, I think uh, the Habs will be even stronger than they currently are right now. And he's had two big seasons when it comes into point uh, in regards to overall points in 2007, 2008. 29 goals, 40 assists for a total of 69 points. And in 2009 and 2010, he got 70 points, 25 goals, 45 assists. And it's it's funny, every year as we go on, uh, there's people that always ask and uh, want Thomas Plekanis to get uh, traded. And during the offseason, I have to admit that I was one of those people that I thought that uh, Thomas Plekanis wouldn't finish the year in Montreal this year because I was, I was expecting Lars Eller. To be able to uh, his to replace his role, but um, Lars Eller isn't ready right now, at least uh, to uh, to fulfill and replace Thomas Plekanec. In the game against the San Jose Sharks, Carey Price, while well, he keeps hitting milestones, he became the first goalie with 40 wins for the Montreal Canadiens. Last goalie to do it was Ken Dryden in 1976-1977. And with that shutout, it was his 34th in his career. He tied Bill Durnham for fourth in the Montreal Canadiens history. His next plateau when it comes to shutouts is 46, so he's 12 away. So I might have to wait uh, a year or so uh, before before that happens. In the game against the Sharks, Tom Gilbert did not finish the game. He did not make the trip as well to Nashville and Winnipeg and will not be in the lineup tonight either when the Canadians face the Panthers. He he left the game after getting hit uh, by the puck in the face. Uh, it has only been confirmed by the team as an upper body injury for uh, for Tom Gilbert. 
This was a game that I think was even after two periods of play between these two teams. But then the third period, the San Jose Sharks, who are desperate for a playoff spot, I think they, they took over in the third period. And the shots on goal were 11-3 in favor of the Sharks. But Carey Price was sharp and was able to stop all those uh, all the 11 shots from his opponents. Then the Canadians headed to a two-game road trip. Started off Tuesday night against the uh, Nashville Predators. It was a big goalie matchup. Pecarini against Carey Price. Arguably the two best goalies in the NHL right now. And what was the outcome? Well, no surprise, but this game went into overtime, tied at two. And in that game, Nashville ended Carey Price's shutout streak after 166 minutes and 10 seconds of not long ago. With a little, minute, a little over a minute left, or I should say a minute into the overtime, the puck was passed back to P.K. Subban. It bounced over his stick. And then it was picked up by Philip Forsberg. He was heading on the breakaway. And while P.K. Subban from behind tripped him, it was the end of the shift, so he didn't have the energy to catch up to Philip, to Philip Forsberg. So that put the Nashville Predators on a 4-3 four, four and three power play. And, well, Forsberg himself scored to give Nashville a 3-2 win. Let's hear P.K. Subban on the overtime after that game. The puck just bounced, you know, I mean... Usually I'm sure about the, you know, if I'm going to take a swing at it, i got to be pretty sure I'm going to get it. And I thought I was going to get it there, but, you know, I just missed it. And then from there, I mean, he has all the momentum going forward. So I just tried to bat it again, and by that time he was already gone. So even though the Canadians weren't able to get the second point against the Nashville Predators, I think this is a game that could have gone uh, either way. Canadians could have easily won this game. Nashville could have won it. I think it was uh, the game heading into extra time is what was deserved as both teams played played well. Two great goalies that played uh, very good hockey games. They both made some pretty big saves that, um, that not a lot of goalies in the world are able to make. So that's kind of what you expected. Um, two similar teams. It was a well-played game. Yeah, you know, I thought uh, I thought both teams played very well. Um, you know, that was a that was a real uh, real fun hockey game to play in. Obviously, we don't like the outcome, but um, you know, we're not going to win them all. And you got to tip your hat to the to the Preds. They played a very good game tonight. What did you see? We played a strong game, like you said. It seems like uh, you know it bounces the difference in that game. Obviously, uh, you know, ice is bad at the end there, and it, and it bounces over someone's stick. And that's uh, the way it goes sometimes. But you got to give everyone credit in this room. Everyone played really well. Um, I think it's one of our better team games in a while, but it's frustrating to not get the two points for Kerry. So we heard there from uh, Brendan Gallagher, Kerry Price, and uh, Max Pacioretty. And I can understand Max Pacioretty when he says that um, it's frustrating. It's because the Canadians did play well against the uh, Nashville Predators, but the bounces just didn't go in the Canadians' favor on a Tuesday night. The, the bounces did go in the favor of the Nashville Predators, but I think it's all good for the Montreal Canadiens. And, well, after that game, they packed up and headed to Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Probably pretty cold right now in uh, in Winnipeg. I've been there, so I could tell you that it is pretty cold in that part of our country. Winnipeg Jets, well... 
they beat the Montreal Canadiens five to two. Canadiens in that game probably played the first, the best first period, or maybe even period of the season. And while the score wasn't an indication on the way the game went, Montreal dominated the first two periods, but they trailed four to one at the end of two. And in my opinion, they they deserved a, a better outcome. The final shots on goal in that game, 41-22 in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. So how often, number one, do the Canadians outshoot their opponents? And number two, how often do the Canadians take 40 shots in one game? And, well, when it did, they came out on the losing side of that game. Let's hear what the coach, Michel Therrien, Andre Markov, and Brent Gallagher thought about the game against the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, I thought uh, uh, we play we, we play really solid. We uh, we were ready to play. Uh, uh, we dictate the game. We dictate the pace. Uh, Pavlik was outstanding, and they capitalized on their chances. We did few mistakes, you know, in uh, turnovers in the neutral zone, few uh, mistakes in the defensive zone. That's what cost us a game, you know. Like so, and. Uh, yeah, their goaltender play well, but at uh, the same time we have to have to be more hungry, you know, like and uh, have to be more hungry to score score the goals. You can tell that uh, their mindset every night they just want to um, use their speed and, and forecheck and, and play physical hockey, and, and they did that tonight. Um, we expected that it wasn't anything that caught us off guard, but um, it's a strength of their team, and um, they were able to create some chances off of it. So in this mini uh, road trip, Peter, Canadians got one point out of the possible uh, four. But if you look at the overall play of, uh, of the Canadians for the game against the Nashville Predators and against the Winnipeg Jets, I think whether it be the coach or the players, overall should be should be satisfied with those two games. Oh, definitely. I mean, Nashville is one of the top teams in the league in the standings with, uh, right on top with Montreal and uh, both teams. Very similar. I mean, uh, both teams have elite goaltenders. Uh, both teams have an elite duo of defensemen. Uh, and up front, they are very similar. And, uh, you know, they played a great game. It was an unfortunate play uh, that uh, cost them, uh, that forced the PK to take a penalty and cost them the game. But, I mean, it was a flawless game before that. I mean, they were in it the entire time. It was one of the closest games and great games that we've seen and uh, the game against Winnipeg was one of those weird situations where the Habs actually outscored the opposition and by uh, not outscored but outshot the opposition by a lot and uh, they finally came out on the wrong side of it you know it's it's like this team is not used to doing that uh, they're always uh, uh, used to getting outshot and have uh, carry price uh, Save them, and now in a situation like this, when Tokarski was in goal, uh, they finally played a different style where they outshot the opposition, and uh, they they ended up being on the losing end. But uh, a team like uh, Winnipeg in that game, they just uh, made that game painful, painful in many ways. Uh, uh, because the Canadians lost and because they out hit them and they out hit them a lot and uh they were just 
hitting everything and they are uh, a very big team and it showed and uh don't underestimate the Jets if they make the play if they squeeze into the playoffs uh, they could cause an upset uh, at least in the first round uh earlier i mentioned how often did the canadians get 40 shots on goal in the game this season and in fact the game against the winnipeg jets it was the sixth time that the canadians uh, took 40 shots or more and the record in those games, two and four. So, which is kind of rare, you expect, especially for a team like Montreal, who is not uh, the most offensive team, that if they manage to get 40 shots, you would think that they would um, win more games than they lose. But uh, that's not the case for the Canadians this year. So, the Canadians have played 75 games. That means the Canadians have only seven games remaining. On uh, for this season, they have a record of 46, 21, and 8, which gives them a total of 100 points. They are currently first place in the Atlantic Division. The Tampa Bay Lightning trail by one point. Both teams have the same number of games played. But right now, when it comes to the tiebreaker, the Tampa Bay Lightning do have four regulation and overtime wins more than the Montreal Canadiens. So if the Canadiens want to ahead of the Tampa Bay Lightning, they, they can't tie when it comes into a number of points. They're going to have to uh, get more than them. If we look at the uh, conference, Canadians right now are second place behind the New York Rangers. Rangers became the first team in the Eastern Conference to uh, clinch a spot. They have 101 points. Uh, they've played 73 games. Game number 74 is currently on the way, and it looks like they're, they're not going to do too well in that game. And the trailing the Canadians are the Tampa Bay Lightning. So the Rangers, uh, at the end of the day today, will have two games in hand over the Montreal Canadiens. And if you look in the NHL, Canadians are fourth place right now. The teams ahead of them, the New York Rangers, the Anaheim Ducks, and the Nashville Predators, and and when it comes in terms of games, all pretty much the same. The Predators have 100 points, and the Ducks and the Rangers have 101 points. So, is it worth looking at sportsclubstats.com? No, it's not. Canadians are pretty much uh, guaranteed to make the playoffs. In fact, if they win tonight's game against the uh, Florida Panthers, they're they're in the playoffs. And well, if the Boston Bruins if the Canadians don't win and the Boston Bruins lose, or some kind of combination like that. But the easiest way is if the Canadians win tonight against the Florida Panthers, they're automatically clinched a uh, a playoff spot. I think we should start checking now what are their chances of winning the Stanley Cup. That would be... Uh... That's good, and that's something that sports club stats uh, can provide us. So I'll tell you that in, uh, in the second. I remember last week when you checked for the playoffs, it was 99.44. And when it comes to the Stanley Cup, it's a 6% chance. The leaders are the New York Rangers. They give them a 19% chance of uh, winning the Stanley Cup. How that, how the Stanley Cup is exactly calculated, the odds, um, uh, I'm not really sure how they do that. If you want to reach us during uh, today's episode, it's pretty simple. You can do it by reaching us via Twitter, at Habs360. You can also give us a call toll-free, 1-877-455-4945. Our lines will be open for the uh, entire episodes. Uh, 
today. We're going to take our first break here on Hab360. Coming up, well, some opponents took some liberties on carry price this week, so we'll talk about it. Is there anything that the Canadians can do uh, to stop it? And later on uh, today's episode, we're going to look ahead to the game versus the Florida Panthers tonight and also to the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Monday. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or family. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entry, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, Visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, search Habs 360 on allhabs.net or on iTunes for the archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Um, you know, to get to 100 points, uh, obviously it's it's a big deal for our hockey club. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people would have predicted that at the start of the season, but we believed in our group, and it takes it takes a whole team. I mean, you know, Kerry's a big part of our team, but it, it takes a, a special group of guys to, to put together a season like that, and... Uh, um, you know, whether it's guys that are on the fourth line or guys that are on the first line, you know, we've had some injuries. We had, we've had guys in and out of the lineup, and, uh, you know, guys have come in and, and have done a great job. It's a good accomplishment, but I think it's, uh, you know, a good starting point for our, for our confidence. I think we have to use this as, uh, you know, motivation that we can play with any of the top teams in, in, the, in the league right now. But, you know, our, our last couple of games have been a good uh, stepping stone for where we want to be. We want to go into playoffs with some momentum. We have eight games now to, uh, you know, try and perfect our game, and we're, we're moving in the right direction right now. 
All right, welcome back. I'm Chris G at Chris G1980, along with uh, Peter. You can follow Peter on Twitter at uh, Peter Galanos. And Peter, uh, the Canadians became the first team in the NHL to reach uh, 100 points in the regular season. As uh, we spoke before the break, uh, there's other teams that have reached that plateau since. And, well, there was almost 10 games remaining when they reached that plateau, and I don't think this is something that we would have been expecting at the uh, beginning of the season. Well, yeah, that's for sure. But, uh, I mean, you know, they, they've been at the top of the standings uh, throughout most of the season. And, uh, you know, it's a great accomplishment and uh, it's great. But we'll see where this brings them in the playoffs. I find they're still, you know, a bit like you said before with the club stats where they only have them at 6%, yet the Rangers are a lot higher than that. Uh, I I sort of share the same uh, feeling, you know, even though they have 100 points in the standings, and even though in this era it's a lot easier to get 100 points than it was before, uh, I'm still a little worried that they're going to have a very tough time to make it to the conference finals. I think every day you're looking at the standings now. Um, you know, every game is so important. Um, you know, we're going to control what we can control, but obviously, uh, you know, you're only human. You're looking at the stats and, uh, you know, potential matchups. So much can happen in the last 10 games, though, so, uh, you know, you can't pay too much attention. So that's uh, Dale Weiss before the game against the Nashville Predators. So he he finally re- he confirmed that the, the myth is wrong, and people do check the standings. And uh, as he says that, that the Canadians do, that well, that he does at least. Uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, Mark Bergevin and Michel Therrien both said that the objective, of the, the first objective, the first objective of the Canadians is uh, to make it into uh, the playoffs, and then we'll see from there. So now, Peter, uh, they've made it to the playoffs. So, so what's next for the Canadians? What, what do you think is their is their next uh, objective? Well, if I'm if I'm them, I mean, you gotta you gotta figure out what each player can bring to this team as we're nearing the playoffs. Uh, you got to try things, you got to experiment things. and uh, But even though they are doing good in the standings and their playoff spot is pretty much secure, I think the ideal situation is to still win the division because uh, by winning the division, you get a, a weaker opponent. If you finish second, you get a very tough either Tampa Bay or Detroit team in the first round, and it's not going to be easy especially if it's Tampa Bay, who the Canadians have yet to beat this season. But in the first round, it's not, I don't think it's possible to face the Lightning because the Canadians are going to finish first in the division or second. So it's either Detroit or one of the wild card spots. Okay, so yet I'd still rather face one of the wild card teams than Detroit in the first round. Yeah, and with also with the parity going running in the child, I think it's really... I don't think there's a big difference when it comes to the Boston Bruins, the Ottawa Senators, and... The Florida Panthers, I guess, there's still a there's still a minor chance that they they could sneak in and get one of the two wild card spots, but I don't think there's a huge difference uh, in between all those three teams. And I think the Canadians what will be important for them until the end of the season is that they head into the playoffs playing good hockey. It doesn't necessarily have to be wins and losses. If you look at the last two games, the Canadians played against the Predators and against the Jets. Even though the Canadians came out on the losing side of both those games, 
they played both those games well. So I think that's what the main focus should be for the Canadians going in. Make sure you're playing good, solid hockey heading into the playoffs. And you're not going there in a slump or where you're not giving your 100% effort because, well, if you're not trying 100% heading into the playoffs, it's going to be tough to just uh, turn on the switch and be ready for uh, for game one. As a kid, you know, I never really uh, would have pictured myself in this situation, but uh, you know what? I've been blessed immensely, and I've been helped a lot to get to where I'm at, and, um, you know, i got a, got a lot of people to thank. He's the best. <laughs> not much, not much to say. So it's pretty simple that we heard uh, Carey Price and Thomas Plekanec following the game against the San Jose Sharks on uh, Saturday. And the only thing that Thomas Plekanec said that, well, he's the best. And it was another good week for Carey Price in goal for the Montreal Canadiens. But we're seeing something that's happening a little bit more often. Price, he's getting hit. It happened twice. Uh, Logan Couture uh, from the San Jose Sharks in that game last Saturday. Uh, we saw it in the game against the Nashville Predators when it was uh, Mike Fisher who ran into the goalie. Is it on purpose? Is it uh, by accident? No one knows, right, except for, for those players or if somebody actually told them to go run into uh, Carey Price. And we should expect this to uh, keep happening now until the playoffs, and even in the playoffs, we should expect this to happen, and maybe even more. And Peter, is there anything that the Canadians could could do to uh, to stop this? Well, I, uh, I heard this the other day. I don't remember where, but uh, uh, somebody was asked that question. It was a former NHLer who was asked about uh, what would you guys do if uh, your goalie was threatened. Uh, you know, if you saw that your goalie is being run too often. And uh, they responded by telling the players, look, if you guys run into our goalie, we're running into yours. So don't even think about it. Because uh, if you guys do it first, we're going to respond guaranteed. No no questions asked. So Canadians have to, out of all the teams in the NHL, the Canadians are the team that know the most what it feels like. Because they went through this last season during the playoffs when uh, Kreider... Uh, ran over uh, Price and took him out of the series, and the Habs ended up losing that series. And uh, they've got a. I'm, I'm not, you know, it sounds a little barbaric, but uh, you know, if you don't want to do it that way, there's many different ways you can do it, and the Habs have to send out that message that uh, don't run into our carry Price, or uh, you know, things are gonna happen. The only thing that I have, uh, I. I wouldn't say against. I think that that uh, that could happen in no, in that kind of a situation. Is well, if you're going to respond after they've, they've taken out your goalie after they've hurt him, what's the, like what's the point? You've already lost uh, your 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 goalie. I think another approach that, that I've heard that I, that I'm starting to like is maybe well, it might be happening in the background without us knowing. Could be their Mark Bergevin uh, going straight to the league and telling like, hey, like. Look what Logan Couture did here twice. Look what Mike Fisher did against uh, Carey Price. Maybe at the press conferences, we've heard uh, Michel Terrier uh, talk about it occasionally during the season, but maybe it's to a point where 
at every single press conference after the game, slips in the word. Maybe try to get some attention from uh, from the league or uh, from from opponents that uh, they have their eye on this. And well, to do anything to uh, to uh, to make it stop. And we saw even uh, last time against uh, Tampa Bay, Braden Prest, he went and he he hit uh, Bishop from behind the net. It wasn't too dangerous, but yet again, it was still a hit outside uh, of the crease. And I'm sure if that would have been done against Carey Price, we wouldn't be happy and we would be here talking about it on uh, on Habs 360. Mike, for, for Dustin, I mean, feel, feel for him, just the, the way things went? It's a tough thing for him, yeah. Is there any thought of putting Carey Price out at all? No, it was a day off for him. You guys saw it. He stood on his head. Um, it's a pretty epic performance by him. And, uh, you know, we played a good game. Um, you know, I would like to uh, make a few more saves out there, but sometimes that's the way it goes. So we heard from Michel Terry and Dustin Tokarski following Thursday night's game against the Winnipeg Jets. Dustin Tokarski allowed five goals on 22 shots. And, well, I think the reason the Canadians did lose that game was because of the, the goaltending. I think he allowed three bad goals. Uh, the first shot, the first goal, sorry, I should say, was a, a powerful shot from Dustin Bufflin that went right through Dustin Tokarski. The reason why I think that uh, that one should have been stopped is, well, yes, I understand that Dustin Bufflin has one of the hardest shots in the NHL, but there was nobody screening him. He Dustin Tokarski saw that puck and he didn't make uh, the save. There was another goal that went off the skate of the Jets player and went in. So you cannot make the argument that that wasn't Dustin Tokarski's fault. But I'll tell you that that rebound that he gave up shouldn't have been. Uh, it wasn't a good rebound that uh, Dustin Tokarski was able to to uh, control. He was out of position for almost the uh, the entire night in the game against the Winnipeg Jets. And Dustin Tokarski, while his recent starts have not been the greatest, he had a good start against the Florida Panthers last time the Canadians faced them. And in 2015, so since the beginning of the calendar year, Dustin Tokarski he has a record of 2-4-2 and two with a 899 save percentage. So that's not the same Dustin Tokarski that we saw last season when the Canadians faced the New York Rangers in the conference final. So, uh, Peter, um, I don't know, maybe a little bit too premature asking this question, but do you think Dustin Tokarski's job, maybe for next season, is in danger? Uh, Wow, it's a little tough to say right now, but... uh, it's not easy to ask a goalie to be a backup, uh, especially now when you're the backup of the best goalie in the NHL as well, you know. And uh, I, uh, what, what I think it's a learning period also as well for Dustin Tokarski because he he's never been used to uh, playing at any level as a backup goalie. Wherever he's been, he's always been a starting goalie. And, uh, you know, it's always been tough for him. And while Dustin Tokarski has one more year left 
in his uh, in his contract. So I think he's he's not helping the, his uh, his cause. But you know, to say that he has a guaranteed job next season, I don't think necessarily is is the case. But if the Canadians are able to find a, a, a cheap alternative, I think they'll be on a, on uh, the lookout to find to find. A, a backup goalie for next season, but that's I think a little bit too premature for that decision to be made right now by the Montreal Canadiens. Before the game against the Winnipeg Jets, uh, the coach Michel Terrier said that there's a plan for Carey Price and how he'll be used for the rest of the season. It was a plan that was made in collaboration with uh, Stephen Waite, and Stephen Waite did discuss a plan with. Carey Price, and the Canadians do have back-to-back games coming up this week on a Thursday and Friday, so we're, I think we'll definitely see Dustin Tokarski playing one of those two games. But besides that, how many more games do we expect to see Tokarski? I would say maybe, what, one or two more, not uh, not any more than, um, than that. Maybe a third game. You know, he might play the last game against the Leafs, or... Will they give that one to Carey Price? It is. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Under 20 seconds to go. Pats are ready. Brendan Gallagher hits the net. Elchenyuk with it. Swung it back the other way. Craig Connor and Hustle after it. Drive the throw towards the net. That's a block by Bork. Now Jones trying to chip out. It comes to that Rene in trouble. Scores! Gallagher! So we heard there Brent Gallagher goals number 21, 22, and 23 of uh, the season. And that gives Brent Gallagher a four-game streak with at least uh, one goal. He has four goals in his last four games. He'll try to extend that tonight to uh, to five games. And, well, we haven't spoken about Brendan Gallagher much on the Hap360 podcast this season, but you got to give credit to Brendan Gallagher. He always gives 100% effort on every single one of his shifts. He never takes a day off. Even when the Canadians have a bad game, it's um, it's rare that Brendan Gallagher is one of those players that you look at and you say, you know what, he was one of the players that wasn't good. Even the game against the Winnipeg Jets, he was the Canadiens' best player on the ice. He scored a goal like we heard, and he was all over the ice, lots of heart, and he does what he does best, crashes the goalie, and... He's all heart, that uh, Brent Gallagher, and definitely is one of those main reasons why he received a contract extension earlier this year. And right now he's getting hot at the right time. And like that, he could ride into this this hot streak heading into the, the postseason. And he's always successful regardless of which line mates he's with, whether he's on the first line with uh, Pacioretty and Dernay, or Pacioretty and Plekanets, or the egg line from last year, the line that Brendan Gallagher is on has always been successful. 
So he's reached uh, 23 goals, Brendan Gallagher, that is. And, well, Peter, for Brendan Gallagher, I think him getting 20 to 25 goals in his uh, per season is pretty much what we should expect, I think, also going forward from him. Well, yeah, he's never going to be uh, much more of a scorer than that. I'd see 20 to 30 range is probably what he's going to be getting about for uh, the rest of his career. I knew I wasn't playing playing my best hockey in the last couple of games, and I knew I had to use my speed a little more and uh, compete more, win battles, and uh, trying to go out there and make plays and uh, stay loose a little bit. And uh, talking about the game today, I I definitely played a way better game than I than the last couple of games. So that's uh, Alex Galchenyuk talking about his play following the game against the San Jose Sharks. Galchenyuk hasn't scored a goal in his last 11 games, and he's in a stretch where he scored one goal in the last 15. And if you look at his stats line, he scored 19 goals for the entire season, but includes one game where he scored a hat-trick and uh, two games that he scored two goals each. So seven out of the 19 goals were in multiple goal games. And for sure, the Habs in the playoffs, they need him to score. He's one of those players that will have to support Max Pacioretty in scoring some goals in order for them to be successful. So, Peter, what do you think the issue is, is with uh, Galchenyuk? Because he's had, he's had quite a season. He he went to center, then he said he didn't want to play at center, or the coach took him off from playing from center position. Is it maybe that he hasn't signed the contract? He saw Brendan Gallagher, who is... Brendan Gallagher, I think, is probably one of his best friends on the team, and Gallagher did get a contract extension earlier this um, this season. Like, who, what do you think is up with uh, with Galchenyuk? It's kind of hard to say right now. I think he's just in one of those slumps. I mean, every player goes through it, and he's going through it right now, and uh, let's just hope that he gets out of it uh, in time for the playoffs. Uh, I don't think we should read more into it than that, unless He's hiding some kind of injury, which I don't think is the case as well. Are you like me? Do you think? Do you find it weird that uh, Brendan Gallagher, who we spoke out that we spoke about before, has more goals than Galchenyuk has right now? I find that uh, I find that unusual. I would have been expecting the uh, the opposite. Well, I think Galchenyuk is more of a overall a player who. Uh, has more of an overall game where he tries to set up other players as well. I think that's, you know, a center, a center, a centerman's mentality. So I, I'm not surprised in that case. Even though eventually I think that Galchenyuk will be putting up better numbers uh, in the goal department than Galchenyuk. And right now I'm thinking that maybe the coach should do to Galchenyuk what he did to David Diagne earlier in the season is maybe it's time to play him in the third line a bit make him not face uh, top defenders for, for for a while, let him gain his confidence, and then slowly move him back up to the second line and uh, maybe even uh, the the first line. But definitely, I think that Galchenyuk should... Uh, Canadians need him to, uh, to step up his game. All right, we're going to take a break here on Habs 360. On the other side of the break, we'll preview tonight's game against the Florida. Panthers, and we'll look ahead to the game against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning on Monday. Don't forget, 
if you want to provide us your feedback, whether it be what we just spoke about, about uh, Alex Geltrenik and Brendan Gallagher, you can do it via Twitter at HAPS360, and you can also give us a toll-free call at 177 This is the HAPS360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. HABS 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM has proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundation, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs360 Podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 Podcast and follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Hamilton Bulldogs more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got everything you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Welcome back to Habs 360. I'm Chris G. along with uh, Peter. And uh, we have a great contest going on with uh, with Framework Sports Marketing about the road games. Peter, why don't you tell us more about it? Yeah, well, the Habs 360 podcast is excited to provide a Habs fan with an opportunity to win an 8 by 10 autographic for Brendan Gallagher. It's courtesy of Framework Sports Marketing. Framework is the largest distributor of autographed NHL memorabilia in the world and one of the largest distributors of sports memorabilia in North America. Uh, Here's how to enter. You just got to follow Habs360 on Twitter. And prior to the next Canadians road game, which is this Friday against the New Jersey Devils, tweet Habs360, your guess of the final score, and the name of the first Canadians goal scorer. If you guess them correctly, you win. That's how simple it is to enter the contest. And in case of multiple correct guesses, a tiebreaker will be determined among winners. For more information on Framework Sports Marketing, visit their website, Frameworth.com. So, if we if you look ahead, Peter, actually, let's, before we look ahead, I would like to talk about the Canadiens' power play since March 4th. So, that's the first game after the trade deadline. Coincidence, who knows? 
the Canadians have scored three power play goals in the 30 opportunities, which uh, which gives a success rate of 10%, which is horrible, right? Uh, and they haven't been able to figure it out after 75 games because this has been consistent from game one to game 75 that the power play hasn't been working. Now that the Canadians have, well, you know, you could say pretty much they've clinched a, uh, a playoff spot and they have seven games remaining. Do you think the Canadians should take the upcoming games and maybe experiment uh, different things on the power play? Well, yes, they should. Uh, that should be the case. I mean, uh, the last few games now is just to prepare your team for uh, the playoffs. And uh, this is the time to experiment because when game one comes around, the first round, you have to be ready. There's no more time for experimenting and trying things out. I mean, this team's got to be ready. And uh, you just got to execute. And uh, that's it. So uh, this is uh, the final stretch. And uh, they got to keep trying things on the power play. Uh, I don't know why they don't use P.K. Subban's shot more often as a, as a weapon on the power play. It's a little mind-boggling. I think they're afraid that the opposition is going to be covering him too much. But, I mean, he's the top guy there. And uh, I don't know. And another thing, uh, there's, there's a good chunks of the power play where Markov and uh, Subban, they're not playing on the opposite sides. Like Subban playing the right defense, and Markov plays on the left. And then sometimes during the, the play, they, they switch over. So I'm not sure why didn't they just uh, start right off the bat. Okay, it could be because the clearouts are not along the boards. It's easier to uh, stop clear out if you're on, on your natural side. But at this point, Canadians need to try something, something new. They need presence in front of the net. Why not try like a Dale Weiss? Put him in front now at this point. Why not try like a Braden Prust? Put him in front of the net. What about somebody like Lars Zeller? He's barely gotten any power play time the whole season. Why not give him a shot right now? Try it because I think in the playoffs, even though the number of power plays traditionally go down, the importance of the power play goals is uh, is still quite important in uh, the postseason. I think the Canadians definitely do need to find uh, something to uh, to make it work. I've got more for sure. Um, Offensive-wise, I think I'm doing a lot of good things defensively and physically and stuff like that. But um, I definitely know i got another level offensively, and um, hopefully I pick it up pretty soon here. So that's... Uh, Devante smith Pelly, we'll call him uh, De- Devo, and that was part of the game against the Winnipeg Jets, where he was demoted to the fourth line. And since he's joined the Montreal Canadiens, he has one assist in uh, 15 games, and he has a record of minus four. He's supposed to be physical. We've seen it here and there, not on a consistent basis. He's, uh, he's not a fast skater, so I'm still wondering, is he, is he still adapting to, um, to the Montreal Canadian system. And we know that it was confirmed by the coach this morning that uh, Debo will not be in the lineup against the Florida Panthers and uh, Brian Flynn will, will take his spot on, um, on the third line. So, Peter, what do you think about this move of, uh, of DSP or Debo being out of the lineup and uh, Brian Flynn taking his spot? 
Well, I'm in favor of the, of uh, Devontae Smith Kelly not being in the lineup. I think it's a long time coming, and it should have happened a lot earlier. Uh, as for Brian Flynn coming back in the lineup, I've got no problem with that. A little surprised that he's taking uh, a third line role to start the game. I don't think that'll be the case as the game goes through. I think that uh, you'll eventually find uh, a spot on the fourth line. Uh, but uh, I've got no problems with that. Uh, in, the, in the game against the Winnipeg Jets, it was Dale Weiss who was on the third line with uh, De La Rose and uh, Lars Zeller, while Diva was on the fourth line. So I'm expecting uh, that switch to happen at some point early on during uh, tonight's game against the Florida Panthers. And speaking about the Florida Panthers, Peter, uh, this is another game... Even though the Panthers don't have a, a huge chance of making the playoffs right now, probably either the Boston Bruins or the Ottawa Senators, uh, they're still hungry looking for a playoff spot, so the Canadians need to be ready for them uh, tonight at the Bell Center. Oh, definitely. Uh, these are the teams that uh, often cause the upsets, and uh, this is a team, like you said, that's still in the hunt for a playoff spot who still has a very good chance and uh, it could very easily happen and uh, these are very dangerous games but uh, it's also a case of like we said you know the Canadians are also in a spot where they have to uh, try things out as well and get this team ready for the playoffs and uh, maybe you know it's it's a it's a win lose situation, you know. Like it's uh your if the, if the point of it is try to experiment and whether you win or lose uh, depends what mentality they're gonna go. If they really want that first place spot in the division, you gotta go all out and uh, play your A game and uh, and I think that should be the case as well. I think that. This team uh, should try to go for a first place in the division. I think it's very, very important to finish in first, and uh, they just got to be careful. A team like Florida is could uh, surprise them. And if you look at the game on Monday night, the Canadians are facing the Tampa Bay Lightning. It is the fifth game between these two teams, and it's it's the last game of the regular season uh, between them. If you look at the four games teams face each other, Tampa Bay beat the Canadians all four games this year. And last week, Peter, you mentioned that you were concerned about the Canadians if they had to face the Tampa Bay Lightning. If the Canadians go on and beat the Lightning on Monday, do you think the first four games are forgotten? Uh, no, definitely not forgotten, but uh, at least it'll give us It'll give someone like me a bit of hope, you know, because <laughs> if uh, if they do lose that game, I think that uh, this team will not get past them in the second round and uh, they won't make the conference finals. On on my end, I wasn't concerned last week the Canadians uh, lost the f- four games. If the Canadians do lose on against Tampa Bay Lightning on the Monday night, I think at that point I'll get concerned because it'll be all uh, five games. But if the Canadians go on and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think um, 
I think it's forgotten. It gives confidence back to the Montreal Canadiens heading into uh, the playoffs. And these two teams, if they do face each other, it will be in the postseason. It will be in the second round, in fact. That is where they would face each other, assuming that you know they both win their first round matchups. So we'll try not to look too much ahead, <laughs> even though that's what we're doing a bit. But uh, that is definitely something... Uh, a big game coming up for the Montreal Canadiens on Monday night. And from all the games that they have remaining this season, it's probably the most important one that the Canadiens uh, have. If we go to Twitter, and we have a couple of tweets that we received uh, via our account, at Habs360. First one comes by Mike Barrett. He's um, he's responding in regards to our conversation in regards to uh, Brendan Gallagher and Alex Galchenyuk, and the question that I asked uh, Peter was, if he found it weird that Gallagher has more goals than Alex Galchenyuk, and he writes, why not? He's older, more polished, and has played with patches almost all season. Chucky is a playmaker first anyways. Chucky's ceiling is not at 21 years old. Ceiling equals the peak season's usually eight to ten years after draft year, give him four more years before judging. So thank you very much for the tweet, um, Mike. And in fact, he is right. The ceiling isn't at uh, 21 years old. What I've been, I guess, expecting from Galchenyuk is that he keeps getting better every season. And this season, it seems, I, just an impression that I have, is it seems like he's taken a, uh, a, step, a step back compared to uh, last season. That's why I was... I have a little bit of a concern. I'm not panicking. Like I said, a minor concern in regards to that. Patrick Costa also sent us a tweet. He is from Montreal. He's talking about the our discussion we had about the power play a few minutes ago. How to fix it? He writes, diamond shape with PK in the back middle. I would also let him move forward considering he has more skill. And he wants to have Pacioretty, Plekanets, and Galchenyuk on the ice for a minute 20 of uh, every uh, power play. And speaking of Galchenyuk, I think he has only one power play goal uh, this season. So does he merit to get all the power play time right now? Probably not. I'm just trying to pick up here quickly how many uh, power play goals Galchenyuk has. Uh, this year, and it looks like he doesn't have any power play goals. So that's wow, that's quite concerning for uh, for Alex Galchenyuk. Sorry, correction. Yes, with him. I, I just uh, I just skipped that line. But for somebody talented like Alex Galchenyuk, my I guess my expectations were that he would score more often than he than he has done. Uh, so far. If you look ahead to the Canadians' upcoming games this week, it starts off tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern, against the Florida Panthers at the Bell Center, a game that could be seen coast-to-coast on the City TV and on uh, TVA Sports. On Monday night, the Lightning are in town, a 7.30 p.m. start at the Bell Center. game could be seen to viewers in Belleville East on the Sportsnet East in English and on RDS in French. On Thursday night, 
it's the Washington Capitals who are in town, which could be a potential first-round matchup. So we're talking about big games, Peter. Uh, the game against the Capitals Thursday night could be a game that sets the tone for a potential first-round matchup. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, things might get uh, pretty interesting. That's going to be a very, very interesting game on Thursday. And that's a good goalie matchup as well, as uh, Holtby from the Washington Capitals is also having an excellent season for the Capitals. So that's a game to watch on Thursday night on the Sportsnet East and on RDS for viewers in Belleville and East. And then on the Easter Friday, Canadians are in New Jersey to face the New Jersey Devils, a game that could be seen coast-to-coast -coast in English on the Sportsnet 360 and on French is only for viewers in Belleville East on uh, RDS. So that is a busy week for the Montreal Canadiens coming up with the four games in their schedule. Peter G., thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Chris. You can follow Peter on Twitter at Peter Galanos. And next week, we'll talk about that game against the Washington Capitals, which could be a preview of uh, the first-round matchup, and it will also be a, a mini three-game homestand for the Montreal Canadiens coming up. And we'll also talk about how the Canadians did against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And next week, during the podcast, when we'll be broadcasting, the Canadians will have the day off in Florida, those lucky guys, as the Canadians will be enjoying a day off uh, prior to their Sunday game against the uh, Florida Panthers. I want to thank your listeners for listening to Habs360. We really do appreciate it. My name is Chris G., at ChrisG1980 on Twitter. And we'll talk to you again next Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern for another edition of the Habs 360 Podcast. Have a good day, everybody. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.